Welcome to Passion Life Church. How many overcomers do we have in the house today? Come on. Well, welcome to church this morning. Today we conclude this incredible series, eight weeks that we've spent on life's battles and, and overcoming. And I just want to encourage you, if you haven't been here, uh, go to our app. Download the app. It's absolutely free. All the messages are posted there. Um, and it's, it's been an amazing series. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, that's where we're headed. And what I was hoping for this series is that it would really inspire your faith. And I hope that it's been that for you. I hope that it's inspired you to believe for victory because in truth, the victory is already won. You know, we're not trying to achieve what Jesus has already achieved. He's already achieved it. All I need to do is believe in that, right? I need to believe in that. But also, I'm hoping that this series would actually kind of rekindle that spirit of fight in you, that you don't give up. Come on, somebody. That you don't wave the white flag of surrender in your life for whatever battle that you might be facing. I think sometimes victory is won by just showing up, and you keep showing up. That's what we've been doing at our church since we planted this church six years ago is we just kept showing up and more people have kept showing up. And even in the summer, people are showing up in California. Can you believe that? In, in the Gold Coast where it's so beautiful that there are people that are showing up. We got to keep showing up and standing strong. Can I hear a good amen today? But I hope that this series would just rekindle that spirit of faith for you to fight. And again, whatever that might be, it's, for some of you, it's fighting for your destiny and pushing through because God has a purpose. Would you just turn to your neighbor real quick and say, God has a purpose for your life. Turn to your other neighbor, your second choice and say, he's not finished with you yet. See, I love this series because here's the thing. You may be in a position right now where you're down, but you are not out. It's time to get back up. The Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. Say, I'm getting up. I'm getting up, and I hope that this series would rekindle that spirit of fight, so you would fight for your purpose and your destiny. You know, I've been thinking about this week how the purpose and the destiny of God that has for us is the best life. God's life is the best life. Uh, it, it really is. It's the best life. It's, it's more than what we could even dream, and it's worth fighting for, and I don't know what you're fighting for. You know, maybe we need to rekindle that spirit of fight for your marriage, for your family. How many of you think your family's worth fighting for? How many of you think, yeah, your marriage is worth fighting for? Don't quit, right? And what about our health? Maybe you're in a, in a position right now where you're fighting for your, your health, you know? And, uh, man, but let, let's be fighters. Let, let, let's, let's rekindle that spirit of fight for whatever battle that we're facing. And, you know, I, that's what I was hoping that this encourage, this series would encourage you. You know, and the truth is you were not designed, right, for defeat. You were designed for victory, because God is victorious, and our God is an overcomer. He's an overcomer. Uh, overcoming is in your DNA. And have you found Ephesians chapter 6? In Ephesians chapter 6, when we started in verse 10, Paul writes about how God gives us his divine resources to overcome. He calls it the armor of God. We went extensively through the six pieces, and, and I can't go through that again in review. But today I want to add this last piece as we finish this series. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, the apostle Paul is writing, and he was looking at a Roman soldier, and he was looking 
looking at his armor, and he's going to talk about something in the battle that I think is so key. In verse 18, he says, praying always with all prayer, say all prayer, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And then he says this in verse 19, he says, and for me. I love that as Paul's writing this, right, and he's writing under the unction of the Holy Spirit, he's telling them to pray, but then he says this. He says, I want you to pray for me. This is Paul, right, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. How many of you know if Paul is admitting and acknowledging that he needs prayer, then it's good for us to acknowledge, too, that we need some prayer as well, right? Anybody need some prayer at times in, in their in their life? And, and he says, pray for me, too. I, I think that shows humility. He says, as for me... He says, and that there be an utterance may be given to me. In other words, I'm going to speak, but I want God to speak through me that I may open up my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly what I ought to speak. You know, today I've entitled this message, Prayers That Prevail. You know, in a battle... Those of you that are military will know this, but in a battle, to communicate is, is so vital. Communication is, is vital, not even in a battle. How many of you know communication is vital with your wife, with your husband, <laughs> with your kids, right? So many marriages go through divorce simply because we don't know how to, we don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to express our, our feelings. But especially in a battle, your ability to communicate is so vital because it could actually determine the victory. Uh, in the military, they, 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 they say that the communications part of, of what they would, the communications, excuse me, in the military, the, commu the communications are a part of what they would call the big three. And what that is, is they have three top priorities in a battle. And what Paul is saying is that he, would, he was saying, I'm sorry, my, my notes are a little jumbled up here. Um, you're going to need to pray for me now. Um, so uh, just going back to the military, the forces are taught that an, an, an effective unit on the battlefield is one that can shoot, move, and communicate. Let me say that again. The soldiers are taught that an effective unit on the battlefield is one that can shoot, move, and communicate. And here's what they will tell you. If they lose communication, you can actually be very limited in your ability to be useful in the battle. And also, you can not be useful or helpful even to your fellow soldiers. Because in the battle, communication to the command center is so important. And I'm going to tell you why. At the command center, they are linked in, no pun intended to the app, but they are linked in to satellites that are revolving around the universe. And they have a perspective from the command center that the soldier on the field may not have. The soldier on the field may see what's in front of him, may see what's around him, but if I can communicate to the command center that has more of a global, a higher perspective, then I have a better chance of seeing what the enemy's doing even when I can't see. And so my communication to them is important. My communication to my fellow 
soldiers is so important in, in the battle. And, and why is that? I need to see a higher perspective in the battle than what I'm seeing. Because sometimes it may look like you're losing ground, but from God's perspective, you may actually be gaining ground. I don't want to just see the battle from my perspective. I want the command sender to reveal to me, hey, move forward, take a right, take a left, go this way. There's an enemy approaching, and I can win the battle if I can stay in communication with the command center. And here's what prayer is. Prayer is actually that communication with God. But let me say it this way. Prayer is not just communication with God. Prayer is actually communing with God. It's a communion. I love communion when we have that. There's a a time where we're exchanging our, our heart. You know, God wants you to know his heart. I want to know his voice, but here's what I've learned. When I learn God's heart, when his voice says no to my prayer, I know, listen, that no is not rejection. No is protection. Let me try this side. That when God says no, it's not that he's rejecting me, that he's protecting me. That's why he says, no, Phil, don't go through that door. I have another door that I want you to go through. So when he shuts a door, it's not just like when you tell your kids no. It's not that you're rejecting them, but you have something greater planned. You know that there's something greater for them. And you're not rejecting them. You actually want to protect them. You want to to protect them. But here's here's the truth. God wants us to communicate with him and and communicate and commune with him. So when he says no, see, I know God's heart. See, I want my son to know my heart, not just my voice. Ooh, this is getting good already. I didn't, I didn't even know it was going to get this good this quick. When you know someone's heart, right, because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart people speak. But my son, when I say no, I want him to know dad wants what's best for me. Dad wants what's good for me. He doesn't just hear no all the time. He hears my heart. And I, I want to challenge you in our prayer life, in your prayer life, let's learn God's heart for you. He has a heart for you. He wants what's best for you. But God really wants to communicate with you because he's got plans. I mean, he's got a strategy of how you're going to obtain your purpose and your destiny. He's got plans. He's got strategies for your best life. He really does. Proverbs 19, 21, I love what it says. It says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I've had many plans in my life now that I'm 48 years old, and um, I... I had many plans. My 20s, I had so many plans. And I, I, I can attest to what Proverbs is saying. The best plans that have prevailed in my life have always been the Lord's plans. And here's the challenge. I want to get my will aligned with his will because then my, the plans will prevail. And let, let me just say this. You may have some good plans. Watch this. But God has the best plans. You may have good ideas, but there's nothing like a God idea. One God idea can change your life. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to live a good life if there is a best life that can be attained. I don't want to just survive if I can actually thrive in life because there's a lot of people that are surviving and going through the motions in life, and I see them. But you know what? Why survive when God says you can thrive? Come on, somebody. Come on. But the Lord's plans will prevail. 
And you may be here right now where you need a plan. Like, you need a plan. Like, your marriage needs a plan. You, you need a plan. Your finances that need a plan. You're single, and you're ready to mingle. Come on, somebody. But you need God's plan. You need God's man, ladies, for your life. You need his, his, his man that he has for you. Guys, you need the lady that God loves for your life. That, 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 that's what you need. How many of you know right selection is the first part of having a good marriage? Select the right person, and God will, will, will help you do that. But you may need a plan right now. And here's why prayer is so important. Listen to this. All that God is and all that God has is received through prayer. It's received through prayer. And Paul is going to break down, as we looked in Ephesians chapter 6, three ways that overcomers pray. And I, listen, Paul's going to make this simple. I really think that we actually over overcomplicate prayer. We overcomplicate it so much that we don't do it. We psych ourselves out so much that we don't pray. Right, And it is not complicated, ladies and gentlemen. The gospel is simple. It really is. And today I'm going to help you. Right, I want, I want us to help look at what Paul is saying. And Paul says, here he says, pray always in verse 20. So number one, overcomers have a persistence in prayer. What are you talking about? Pastor Phil, Paul is saying that I'm supposed to pray always? You know what? There's are days that I forget to pray. And then when I do, and I, I say I'm going to pray, I pray for like a minute and a half. I know because I look at my watch. Now, let, let, let me just say this. I think we all can admit that we can improve in our prayer life. I think we can all admit that, right? But what if today, instead of examining what we don't do or haven't done, that we look at what we can do by the grace of God? Come on, that today's a new day, and, and we can understand. I think if you can understand this, you're gonna love it and understand by, by God's grace what Paul was talking about with prayer. And what Paul is saying, when he was saying pray always, he was saying this. He was saying, live in an attitude of prayer. Watch this. I want to really help define you, define this. Paul's saying we have to live in an attitude of prayer every day, all day. Watch. In other words, Paul is, here's what he's saying. I want you to change your perspective of prayer being just an event and let it be a lifestyle every day. That you are praying in all places and all times for all things. Watch. This is what Paul is saying. I want you to walk through life with your internal antennas always up. Always. Always keep your heart open and be in constant communication with the command center. Be in constant communication with me. Why is that, Phil? Because there can be times where God wants to show you and communicate you things that you are not aware of. You can be in a business meeting and they are having challenges in the business and God can drop the answer into your head and into your heart where you can actually be the one to say, you know what, what if we did this? And where did that do? Where did that come from? God can give you supernatural ideas, creative ideas, if you'll live with your internal antennas up. I did not this morning uh, think about, I thought I'd pray for Junior this morning, but I didn't see, I was, I didn't think I was going to see a light over his head, but my internal antennas are always up. Here's the thing about a, a great preacher. A great preacher will tell you this, that not only am I preaching, I'm praying while I'm preaching. Right now, I have my internal antennas up because there may be times, and I'm going to be honest with you, you determine how well I preach. Your hunger and your being desperate pulls the 
gift that's on the inside of me out, right? Your hunger, it really does. If you just sit there like this, you're not going to get anything. But when you start to pull in faith and have expectancy, the gift that is on my life starts to flow. There are times when I am preaching that I, there are things that are not in my notes, but all of a sudden God will drop something in my spirit and I'll say it. Why? Because right now my internal antennas are always up. And I'm not saying that to be, to, to live in pressure or to be weird. But what I'm saying is that in, in a battle, a, a soldier always has his earpiece on because we're constantly listening. And there are so many people in this room right now with different situations, different circumstances that God wants to meet all of them. Think about that. I can't do it, but he can do it. And so we have a 35 minute stent of the word of God. But if I will preach and pray at the same time, maybe God will drop something into your heart today that when you walk out, you go, man, and it's pretty amazing to me. I have people, and, and listen, I'm not trying to float my own boat or, or, or pat myself on the back, but I have people text me and stop me after church and say, Phil, I don't know how you knew to say that when you said it, but man, it hit me right in the heart. And I will tell them this, I didn't know to say that, but because I am preaching and praying at the same time, God can do something in your life because the communication is always open. Yeah, you can give him a good round of applause. But listen, I'm, I'm trying to use myself as an example, but it's no different when you step into your workplace or when you step at home and your kids are going cray cray. And listen, when you say no and that doesn't work, you need sometimes a word from God. I don't have any parents in the house today. Right? When somebody or somebody attacks you or verbally says something to you, sometimes you don't know what to say. But if you will, this is what Paul was saying. Paul was saying, pray for me because there's going to be times where I don't know what to say. I want to be confident in what I'm saying. But let the Lord give me a word and let my words be his words. And I'll tell you what, situations and things can change. Anybody believe that this morning? Come on, I'm preaching better than you're looking at me. I see your face. And I'm praying for you. But Paul was saying this, don't look at prayer as just five minutes on your clock in the morning because you'll miss out. It's not just an event. It's a lifestyle. Walk in constant dialogue with God because what happens is when you do that, you start to become more aware of his presence. See, a lot of people will tell you, man, I haven't prayed and I feel like I'm, I'm far from God. Well, here's the truth. When you're praying, you're constantly being aware of his presence in your life. That wherever you go, he goes. If you're stuck in the line at Starbucks because it's 20 cars long, wherever you go, he goes. Come on, somebody. When you're on the 15 stuck in traffic, wherever you go, he goes. Whether you're in your house and it starts to shake because it's a seven point going on. When you're there, he's there. and We don't have to fear. That he can drop a strategy. And I felt that this week, that as I was praying, there's some people in here, you know, your businesses need a great idea. And they need more than a great idea. Let me say, they need a God idea. And you're God's man and you're God's woman sent to that business. Come on, live and pray always as you walk and go to work. Always, Paul was saying. And actually, he told the, the, uh, this to the Thessalonians. He said in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, he says, pray without ceasing. Jesus said in Luke 18.1, he says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. I, I looked that word up in the Greek because 
The Greek is the language of the New Testament. Lose heart in the Greek means this, to lack courage. Lose heart. Be faint-hearted. In other words, if I pray, courage is given to me. Something happens when you realize that God is with you and who you are. It really does. And so if I will pray, I won't lose heart. That means quit. How many of you know if you quit in the battle, you're not going to win the battle? You can tweet that. I don't want to quit. I don't want to lose heart. That's, that's, my, that's my challenge as, as a minister, as me, Phil. We named the church Passion Life Church because I am a man full. I love passion. I always went all the way. I'm the guy in football who had two concussions. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I got tackled in my sophomore year, got laid on the ground, and then uh, I got hit so hard my helmet came off. Somebody else came and hit me in the head, went for two weeks. I went to the hospital. They told me I couldn't play for like two or three weeks. I was on the field every day of practice, and the coach had to keep telling me, get off the field, Phil, get off the field. And he's like, you got a concussion. I'm like, I want to get back in there. That's always been my temperament and my passion is I always want to do everything with my whole heart. And that's tough because I want to heart help everybody with my whole heart. But I only have so much heart. You know what I'm talking about? And so I don't want to lose heart. I don't want to go through the motions in life and just live a life and go, well, that was okay. You know, he survived. No, I want to thrive. I want to feel it all. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't want to just sleepwalk through life. Get up, take care of the kids, go to work, come home, watch Stranger Things, and go to sleep. I want, I want, and he says prayer is going to strengthen you in your heart, in your spirit, right? And see, our goal as overcomers is to be able to reach out in prayer at any moment immediately and touch God. See, if we'll live in an attitude of prayer, we'll have a constant awareness of his presence. See, prayer is our secret line of communication that connects us to our leader, giving me his strength, his direction every single day. And so Paul says, have an attitude of prayer. Now, I don't want to discount the event of prayer. I I do that every day. I, have, I need quiet time. I need to sit before the Lord and not just talk, but listen and download. God, give me, I, I, I need to know that I have peace today. I need, I need your direction. Help me run this church. Help me be a better husband. Help me be sexier. I mean, help me, Lord. Help me be that man that, that you have called me to be. Lord, I, I need, yeah, you don't want to get in my prayer life. Help me, Lord. I love the event of prayer. We need that. But if you've reduced your life to talking to God for five minutes a day, how are you going to know his plans for your life? How, how good will your marriage be if all you do is talk five minutes a day? That's tough. We've got to communicate. And that's why Paul says, as an overcomer, live in a constant dialogue with God all day, not just at church, not just when we're singing reckless love, not just when we're taking communion, but everywhere you go, have those spiritual antennas ready for God to show you something. I really believe my church family, you can call me crazy, call me whatever you want, but I actually even believe that during the day, God wants to show you things. He wants to save you time and traffic. I believe that. You know, one day when we lived in El Paso, I was driving 
on the 10 headed to work and I felt like the Lord told me to exit. And I was like, that's dumb. This is not my exit. And I felt like, really felt the Lord told me to exit and I didn't do it. And you know what? I went to the exit that I always exit and it was closed. And so I had to, the, the reroute, the detour actually went through all of downtown. It took me literally 15 to 20 minutes to get to work that day. And the Lord just said very nicely and politely, I told you. And here's what I'm telling you. As a child of God, we can hear his voice. How do I hear his voice? Number one, you got to believe that you can. He said, my sheep hear my voice. And you say, oh, that, that, that's kind of dumb. You, you think God really cares about us? and tra- God cares about every single part of our lives. Can I hear a better amen than that? Oh, come on. No, he doesn't. You know, the Bible says that he actually, all, every single one of your hairs is numbered. So every time I'm in the bathroom and doing my do and one hair falls out, right, I pick that back up and that's hair 4,562 4, to God. Now when hairs fall out, I put them back. Come on, somebody. I need to put them back in now when I'm 48 years old. Well, Paul says, pray always. And then Paul says, pray always with all prayer and supplication. Here's number two. Overcomers petition in prayer. They petition in prayer. Supplication just simply means this. It means to ask. And I think this is where we get funky. I think this is where we get funny. I think this is where prayer gets awkward, right? Because we're like, you know, I don't know if I should ask God about this. I, you know, I mean, he's the God of the universe. You know, he's, 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 he's busy, right? I, I, I don't know if I should ask God. Can, do you know why we should ask God? Because Jesus told us to. That's a command. He said, he said this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Let me read that again. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone, listen, God's no respecter of person. Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. So God tells me I need to ask. Now, why does God want me to ask? I'm going to tell you why. He wants us to acknowledge our need. This is really tough for some people, right? Because asking takes humility, If I'm asking you for something, it means I don't have it. So I have to admit I don't have it if I'm going to ask. I've I've talked to many people, been in ministry for over 20-something years, and I've had people tell me, I do not like to ask for help. And that's a struggle in some people. Now, I don't struggle with that. I am now a master asker. When I'm on the phone with people, I did it this last week with some of our business stuff from the church. We're going to do 5,000 door hangers in our area. And I was talking with a printer and they were said, this is what we can do for you. And I said, thank you very much. Always thank them. And I said, do you also have any other discounts that you can apply to my balance? You know what she said? She said, let me look. And she gave me a discount. I said, thank you. Do you have any other discounts that you can apply? You know what she said? 
Hold on. Let me look. The worst thing that someone could tell you is no. But you know what? You got a fitty, fitty chance that there's going to be a yes on that other side. You know, I, and that's, I think it's funny because that's got, there have been, even in this school district, I don't know if I should say this, but even in this school district, they've done stuff for our church that they don't do for other people. And you know why they did it? Because I simply asked. They said, we don't usually do it that way. And I said, well, let me ask you this. Right, with the right heart, if we were to do this, would you do that? You know what? I love this. This is my line. No one's ever asked us that before. I know, because I'm a master asker. <laughs> I didn't marry my wife without asking her. I asked her, and she said yes. My church family, all somebody's going to say is either yes or no. And the only time that God's going to say no to you is for your protection. But he tells us that we've got to ask. And I think here's the challenge that we have in asking. We ask way too general. Oh, Lord, bless me. What does that mean? Bless you. What, what, did you sneeze? What, 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 what does this mean? Lord, just bless me. Because here's what I found. Specific prayers get specific answers. You cannot pray general prayers and get specific answers. Come on, single people. Don't pray, oh, Lord, just send me someone. Don't pray that. Because then you go out on a date, like, hey, how was your date? They were not for me. Well, you didn't pray any specific prayers. Here's what you prayed. Lord, send me someone. You know what you got? A someone. Why did you get a someone? Because that's what you prayed for. So when you start to meet someone, just say, ask them this. Were you praying specifically for me? If they say, no, I was just praying for someone, say, I'm out. <laughs> Do you know that I prayed for my wife for three years specifically? I had specific things that I wanted in her character. And I knew that that's why it was taking a long time for us to get together because God was working stuff in me and working stuff in her. But I had a list. Come on, it's not only ladies that should have a list. Guys, we need to have a list, right? And one of those was that she would love God, she would serve God. And this was big on my list, that she would love God more than she loved me. Because when it comes right down to her, I want her to follow God, not just what I'm doing. Because God is always right. I'm not always right. And I had a list. I had a list of five or six things. My wife had a list of like 60 things. She spent some time in prayer. But you need to ask specifically. I think we ask too generally, and we don't ask big enough. Faith has a big ask, A-S-K. God, this is the kind of man that I want a man that follows after you. I want a man that has a J-O-B. Come on, somebody. I want. I don't want to be his mama. Lord, I want him to be a man of God. Man of principle. What? Oh, you, you ain't going to find that today. Yeah, you will. If you pray for it. And you get in and you pray and you start to petition. What about your job? Lord, I need a job. And Lord, this is the kind of job that I want. I want a job that challenges me. Lord, I want to see promotion. I want to have favor. Something where I'm not just doing work, but I'm creating and using the gifts. Listen, you got to start in prayer. You got to start speaking those and asking God. Listen, I'm asking God right now for a building for us. I'm asking God. We prayed, you know, Jody, Jody doesn't know this, but we prayed her in. We pray every night, Lord, give 
give us leaders in this church, leaders that have a heart for God and a mind to work. I've been around people who have a heart for God but don't have a mind to work. I don't, no, 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 not, not here. Because all they want to do is just, oh, just thank you. No, no, I need people who can work too. Come on, somebody. There was manpower that set this up this morning. There was manpower that set that up this morning, right? Come on, let's give them a hand because they, they work so hard. But I don't want workers that don't have a heart for God. So it's my prayer every day. Lord, send us more leaders because as this foundation begins to continue to build and more people come, we need good, godly leaders. And we're speaking it out and we were praying for it. It all starts in prayer, my church family. And you got to start speaking it before you see it. And if you'll speak it, then you will see it. Start speaking and praying right now for your kids. Don't wait till they're 13 or 14 and run away. Start speaking life over them. I see some two-year-olds running away right now. As soon as they put them on the ground, man, they are out. I'm like, whoa, man. Come on, we need to pray over that child. Some of you are laughing because you know it's your kids. I don't know what about that. You put them down, they're, they're gone. But listen, we need to start praying. You know, I'm praying every single day over my son that God use his life mightily, that he's not going to get entangled in the temptations of this world. Well, that's just how it is. They all go to high school. They all smoke the, that's just how it is. Everybody goes through that phase. Is it how it is or is that how you have decided that it is? Because prayer changes things and I'm going to pray. I'm going to be a prayer, and I'm going to overcome in prayer. I'm going to ask, God, bring my son the right friends. Well, my son just, you know, he hangs out with the wrong crowd. Are you praying for the right friends to come into his life? Come on, we got to put that in prayer. Why do we ask? God tells us to ask, but that takes humility. You know, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says this, Be anxious for nothing but in everything. Look at this word, by prayer. And supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. See, I think sometimes anxious people are, are people that just decide to be dependent on themselves. Oh, Pastor Phil, I didn't decide to be dependent on myself. When did I decide that? You decided that when you decided not to pray about it. Because here's what we'll do. We'll do it our own way and we'll have a mess. And then we're like, God, can you bless this mess? God doesn't want to bless your mess. He wants to give you direction before you go. He wants to give you direction as you're planning. Can I hear a good amen today? And so asking takes humility. It's humility that says, God, if you, you are my source, I can't do this. Now, Pastor Phil, come on. Doesn't the Bible say that God already knows my needs even before I ask? Yes, he does. But God is not going to intervene until he is asked to intervene. So many people have this theology in their mind if God's going to do it, he's just going to do it. No, sir. He said we ask because in truth, prayer is an earthly license for heavenly interference. People ask me all the time, how come God did it for them and he didn't do it for them? I don't know, maybe one person prayed, maybe the other. You know, they've done scientific studies in hospitals of, they put a section of praying people, people going and praying for certain patients, and then on the other side, uh, patients who don't pray, and guess who gets better? The ones who are praying. And it's simple. We can, we can pray. But Jesus actually said this. He said, pray like this. Our Father, 
Notice what he says. It's our father. He didn't say my father. He said, pray our father. In other words, he's your father. When you come to him, come to him as a child, and he's your father. He says, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will. Lord, it's not just about my will, my desires, my dreams. He says that we're to pray that, watch, your will be done. Listen to this, Jesus said, on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, the times that heaven invades earth are the times that we pray for it to be. I believe this has my, been my, my passion these last six months. If Jesus is saying that I can pray, I can pray, let it be done, your will on earth as it is in heaven, that means I can experience heaven on earth if I'll ask God for it. I hear a better amen? amen. But the Bible also says you have not because you ask not. You ask not. My church family, I'm gonna be honest with you. If it's a promise of God, if it's a promise of God, then I'm gonna ask for it because Jesus said I could have it. Now, when I get it, don't get mad at me because I asked for it and I got it and you didn't ask for anything because you're just believing God's gonna do something. What do you want him to do? Ask him. Lord, I need you to heal my back. Jesus, help me. I'm worried. You start to talk to him. The Bible says we cast our cares on him. Now, some of us cast our cares, but then we pull them back down and take them back. We're to cast our cares on him. You know, we started praying about our house six years ago in our apartment. We knew we didn't want to stay in an apartment. So... The day we got our apartment, we started praying for our house. In six years, God had did a miracle. My son went to the doctor and was diagnosed with allergies. Allergies are from the devil. Come on, y'all. Those of you who didn't say anything, I guess you don't have them. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, they, they just, but he's allergic to eggs. He's allergic to nuts. Now, we just decided we're not accepting that. We decided that that's not the best life that God has for my son. Now, some people would say, that's just the way it is. That's you want to live your life? Hey, God bless you. But in here, my Bible says that by Jesus' stripes that we were healed over 2,000 years ago, and healing is the children's bread. My son is eight years old. He's learning how to pray. But every single night, every single night, we probably missed maybe five nights in, the, in six years that he has been. We thank God every day that he is healed, and we thank God that he can eat anything. Well, we were at a 4th of July uh, get-together with my family, and my wife gave my son uh, some apple pie, right? Oh, Jesus. Some apple pie. Well, she gave him the apple pie because he's had apple pie that doesn't have egg in it. And so we thought that this was the apple pie that didn't have egg in it. And so he ate it. And so it's the Julian pies, right? And so I looked at the ingredients and I'm like, uh, honey, uh, it's got egg in it. And she just looked at me and we looked at him. My son's going to town. Come on, you can eat apple pie without egg and then you can eat apple pie with egg and it's a lot better with eggs. And so he ate half of it. Now, you got to understand, people can go into shock. They can stop breathing. And so we're looking at him, and she's looking at me. And I said, we either believe in faith that he's healed or he's not. And she said, Gavin, just take a moment for a second. 
you ate half of it. Let's see if there's any reactions. Let's give about 15 minutes. And he's sitting there looking at the watch, looking at the apple pie, looking at the watch. And he's like, Mom, I want more apple pie. And I just tell you, to the glory of God, that there was not one rash, not one little pimple on his eyes, not one swelling from any egg reaction, that he actually ate two pieces of apple pie that had egg in it. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go back to the doctor and we're going to have him tested. But let me just tell you this. We're not going to settle. And Paul says this. You better be persistent in your prayer. Don't give up. Keep asking. And you know what? I'm going to keep asking until it happens. I like this. I'm going to push. I'm going to pray until something happens. And I'm not going to stop. I'm going to pray until something happens. And so something changes. I'm not stopping. I'm going to be persistent in prayer. What are you asking God for? My church family, we've got to pray God's promises. God's promises is what gives us confidence in prayer. It's our confidence. We pray his promises. That's why he gave us our promises. And can I just encourage you, your prayers are more powerful than you know. Can I hear a good amen? Let me ask you this. How many in this room have seen at least one answer to prayer in your life? Lift up your hand. Come on. How many of you seen over two or three? Let, let me see your hand. Look at all the hands. How many of you seen a prayer? Have you seen about 10 prayers in your lifetime answered? Come on. Can we give God the praise for that? Can I encourage you? If he's done it once, he can do it again. At least that's what Elevation Worship tells us. He'll do it again. Oh, I need God to work. He's working, and he's worked already. And you know what? He's going to finish what he started in you because he had a plan even before you were born. He knew the obstacles would come even before you faced the obstacles. He had the answer even before you had the problem. I know, I know some of you, this is hurting your brain, but here's the reality. It's true. You're not alone. And we have a God who can make a way where there seems to be no way. He can open doors that no man can shut. But will you pray? Will you ask him? What are you asking him for? Whew, this is good this morning. But overcomers pay, pray with persistence. They ask. They don't stop asking. They keep asking God. Paul said, praying always with all prayer and supplication. And then he says this, and here's where we're going to end. He says, praying in the spirit. Number three, see, overcomers pray with power because they know where the power source come from. What power drives our prayer? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to listen to this. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit inspired these men to write in this book. The word of God is God-breathed, God-inspired. How could Isaiah know and describe the crucifixion of Jesus hundreds of years even before it happened because the Holy Spirit inspired people. Now watch this. That same Holy Spirit that wrote this book is on the inside of you and me. Can I hear a better amen than that? That Holy Spirit is from God and he is in us and so he can reveal God's heart. Are you ready for this? The Holy Spirit actually knows your heart as well. I love this. So even if my communication to God is not good, I, I can't express what I feel, what do you do? Do you quit? No. You pray what the Bible calls is praying in the Spirit. 
Because the Holy Spirit knows your heart and knows the Father's heart. And because he knows this, he can take the words that maybe I can't even express and reveal my deepest needs that's beneath the surface to God. I can do my best, but we've got to let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Now watch this in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Again, Paul writing, he says, likewise, I want you to say this with me. Say the Spirit. Come on, say it loud. Can everybody say it? Say the Spirit. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we don't know what, for when we do not know what to pray as we ought, watch this, the Spirit himself. Do you remember from the first time that we started this series, I've been telling you, you can't fight spiritual battles with natural weapons. You have to fight spiritual battles with spiritual weapons. And Paul's now going to talk about our prayer life being very spiritual. And he says, watch this, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So Paul is talking about that when I pray in the Spirit, we, talk, we call it speaking in tongues. When we speak in tongues, when we, our spirit starts to pray the perfect will of God. See, when we ask, we are to ask in God's will. If it's in God's will, you can ask. People say, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if healing is God's will. You want to know what God's will is? Look at what Jesus did on the earth. Jesus on the earth was God's will revealed. Look what he did. Jesus did not do anything outside of the Father's will. Look at what he did. Look at how he acted. But it says this, that when my spirit prays, he makes intercession according to the will of God. In other words, when my spirit prays, he prays the perfect prayer that needs to be prayed in that moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14 says this, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. But I don't know and I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, what do I do then, Paul says? I pray in the spirit and I also pray with words that I understand. So there is a prayer that we can pray, right, with our mouth and from our head and we pray the word of God. But Paul says there's now something deeper that overcomers do. They pray with power when they allow their spirit to start to pray because your spirit is directly connected to God. Your head is not. Your soul is not. My soul is now because I think about it. I direct my thoughts. But my spirit is, man, is connected to God. So Paul starts to say there's a deeper prayer than just speaking with your mouth. There's actually a prayer that your spirit wants to pray. And it's called the praying in the spirit or praying and speaking in tongues. And what Paul is about to say is he's saying that when you and I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you receive another prayer language. Now, I want to end with this today. The Holy Spirit and Paul's talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. You say, Pastor Phil, I've asked Jesus to come inside my heart. Do I have the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. The Holy Spirit worked on you when you, as a matter of fact, the Bible says you can't even come to God unless the Holy Spirit draws you. 
Can't come to the Father. So today, if you came and you said the prayer of, Lord, I need you in my heart, Jesus coming, that's because the Holy Spirit is already doing a work in your heart. But let me explain this. So it's like when I get saved, the Holy Spirit is doing an inner work. It's like me taking this bottled water. Don't worry, I'm not going to spray you all. It's like this. When I get saved, I take a drink of this. Man, that's good. Ladies and gentlemen, that is salvation. But here's what happens when I get baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's a whole difference between me drinking this and me going home today and jumping in the pool and be totally immersed and surrounded by the Holy Spirit. That is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you in that manner, you will receive power. Everybody say power. You will receive power and your spirit will start to pray, right? And Paul even says, when my spirit starts to pray, yeah, it sounds funny. It's interesting. He says, I don't understand, but that's okay because it's the perfect prayer language for God to understand. The devil can't understand it and he prays the perfect prayer. Actually, Jesus says, when you pray in your heart, when you pray with your spirit, the Bible says you edify, you stand on your most holy faith. It'll stir up your faith. And here's how you receive it. You receive it just like you received salvation. It's a free gift from God. And so today as we close, I'd like you all to stand. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.